Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the hot mess mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our hot mess mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Peck. And I'm Jenny Powell. And we have a very special guest. With we us do. Today. Excited. No. It is Annabelle Carmel. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I've just launched my book. It's my. It's, I, actually, this is a book on weaning, whereas the book before was a dog's cookbook. So I said to my partner, There's your food. It's, it's in a bowl on the floor. And then he said, So what's the next book? Excited about maybe it could be something you could eat. It's weaning. And he said, I'm out of here. <laughs> We're delighted to be working with our friends at Swan across the whole series, and we can't wait to tell you all about their brilliant products. You could kit out your whole house with Swan products, and they've got some incredible kitchen products. Later on, we'll be telling you about their excellent Swan egg boiler and poacher, a great tool to have in the house when making breakfast for the kids. You can find information on that and more of Swan's amazing products at swanbrand.co.uk. The Hot Mess Mums, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. Well, you're looking amazing, Annabelle, can I just say. And uh, I was just in reflection. So you changed my life as a, as a new mum all of 19 years ago. I have to say, at the time, it was a revelation um, to have um, guidance and uh, the book that you... What was the first book? It would have been your that, first book. Not necessarily, because I've actually written 47 books. So by... Is that all? Like, that's all. <laughs> Um, so the first book came out in 1991. Okay. So, uh, but it probably was the complete baby and toddler meal planner because that yeah. was a that was a really popular book. And that was that no was... one wanted to publish that book. I could not get a publisher or a literary agent. No, we were talking about that because it was 15 rejections, yep. was it? Mm-hmm. And then it went on and was and like. And then it was taken to Frank- Frankfurt Book Fair, and then Simon Schuster bought it, and then Random House bought it, and then it became the second best-selling non-fiction hardback book of all time in the UK. Wow. Which shows you, like, you've got to be determined and believe in yourself. So how did you keep going? You know when you did get those rejections, what I made you keep it's going? it's why you do something. So the reason why I wrote the book was because I lost my first child, Natasha. She was born completely healthy but died from a viral infection, went to her brain, and it caused encephalitis. And I wrote the book because I was running a big playgroup. Um, my second child was unfortunately born on the staircase, living with my husband. Rather unfortunate. It's another story. But he was also the world's worst eater. And having lost a child and with this child who wouldn't eat, I felt so vulnerable. And I just started to make up recipes for my son, Nicholas. And all the mums of the playgroup were using my recipes. And eventually they said to me, you know, you should write a book because these recipes are so good. All our children love them. And I thought, me write a book, I couldn't even really type properly. But then I thought, what a great legacy to Natasha. Because losing a child, it's very hard to come to terms with why why was she born? Why did she die? Like, why? Mm. You can't understand it. And I thought if I could leave something behind for her legacy, that would make it somehow, there'd be a meaning behind it. And so I wrote the book, never... It was never thought, I never thought I would ever make money out of it because it was no one ever made money out of writing a book on feeding babies, the worst possible subject you could possibly have chosen. Uh, and the book came out in 1991 and it sold 5 million copies. 
that and it would just touch the core with mums who are struggling, struggling to feed their children. Yeah. That's amazing. What a testimony to, yeah. to Natasha. And, and it started a career. I didn't expect this to be a career. No. And I just thought one book, I was going to go back as a musician, played the harp. And yes, you, it's I, very different. Yes, I mean, so the food thing was almost like, really, a form of therapy to start with it as was. well. It was always my hobby. I love to cook and I love to eat. And, of course, my life, I, I really wanted another child. So my son, you know, was so important and his health was so important to me and I realized that you know what you're buying in jars isn't the good good quality food for your baby and why are you giving something to your child which is potentially older than the child by the time they come to eat it mm. which is true of all baby food that you buy on shelf it's all ambient so I was giving my child fresh food and I was thinking like why don't more mums do this and just let's make it easy for them and you touched on a minute ago when you said it is a minefield for a lot of mums feeding because everybody's a critic everybody's an expert everybody yes. wants to tell you what to do and by that I mean mostly it's family members mother-in-laws <laughs> yeah, mums and nans yeah. Who can't wait to say we did that and it was fine, or we, put, yeah. you know, mm. and it can be particularly when it's your first a really delicate ah, time yes. anyway. So as Jenny was saying, like for her, you know, to have that book and the same for me with my daughter, mm. we cooked all your food. Oh, that's so um, nice from the start, and she never had any sugar or anything yeah. refined until she was um, after one one years old although now she'd live on chocolate if she could <laughs> but I'm still really proud that I did all of that with her yes I think it's really important there is a big need out out there and I think one of the nice things about you as well with all the books is that you're not preaching not preaching at all I think there's a lot of pressure on parents to feel they've got to get it right all the time and what is right because nothing's right because every child's an individual so you know what age are you going to start feeding your child yes they say six months is the right age but you know not every child it, six months will be the right age they might be needing slow food a little bit earlier but I do know and you know it is important to realize that from six months babies do need solids because milk alone will not give them all the nutrients they need and then you get a lot of people saying oh you know food is just for fun before one year well that's not true and there's so much conflicting advice out there a lot of it very wrong that people are being given by you know people that are in authority and I just like when I wrote the book I went up and down the country interviewing all the experts and you know allergy experts and pediatricians and they all gave me different opinions mm -hmm. it's no wonder that mothers get into a terrible twist and yeah. a muddle about yeah, it yeah, yeah. it's really so, confusing yeah. out there isn't it's it so and, and you don't know whose advice to take no so in the end I, I lost my daughter at Great Ormond Street Hospital she died there after five days and they have a Institute of Child Health where they do all the research into nutrition and I got to know the head of nutrition there uh, a woman called Margaret Lawson and I wrote the book with her advice and it was all based on scientific research so I was very ahead of my time in mm. saying that you know you should be giving peanut butter to your baby from six months it helps to desensitize your child from getting a peanut allergy and, allergies, yeah. Yeah. and you need to give red meat or another You're form of iron of I was time. so ahead of my time like because I was working with researchers who, who actually found out the actual truth mm. and there were studies going on like the LEAP study where they gave like potentially allergenic children because they had eczema and if you have eczema you're much more likely to get a food allergy so they were giving some ground peanuts and some not ground peanuts and the ones they gave the ground peanuts to didn't develop the allergy and the one they gave no peanuts to they did Had develop the allergy. an allergy. Mm. So, you know, the 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 view then was, you know, avoid giving any peanut butter until nine months or one year. And it was like the instance of peanut allergy was 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 growing. And so many things have changed now. 
with how we feed our children. And I was the one that did all the ice cube trays and also uh, put curry, I remember curries that into your so child. well and just putting them all and feeling so proud of myself and so almost in, choreographing when people were going to come around saying, what are you doing? Well, actually, I put this into an ice, cube, uh, an ice cube tray because Annabelle says so. And Annabelle is right. And 46 books later, I think we all have to agree. Yeah, I love that. And it's, yeah. uh, I mean, so the, the book now, Weenie Made Simple, I know you did a launch. Uh, yesterday, yesterday. With so loads how of many babies? In my house. You, we had how, how did that go down? Babies around my kitchen table. It was actually fantastic. Wow. Some of them ate so much food; it was really quite unbelievable. And lots oh, it's of lovely when you see them tucking in. Oh, it was great. It? it was amazing. And then yeah. made these ice lollies. They were like um, strawberry, blueberry, and beetroot, or mango, carrot, and orange. And because they were ice lollies, they loved them. And they were very young; they were like seven or eight months. Mm. But they were really cold for their gums. So, yeah. And they would not. They might drop some of the food, but they, none of them would drop the ice lollies. They all hung oh, onto wow. them for dear life. How interesting! It was interesting. Yes, it was fun. And I, you know, I was told at the time when I wrote my first book, the babies only like bland food. And I'm thinking, we don't like bland food. So I thought I'd try the bland food on a whole load of babies. And yeah, then I tried things like with it. a bit of like herbs yeah. and curry. They didn't like the bland food. They liked the food that tasted good. So the reason maybe that people were saying, you know, babies don't like bland foods, back in the day, all we got given was bland, was bland food. food. Yeah, yeah. But and there lies the truth. Yeah, but yeah. I thought, well, okay, so a lot of people believe this. I'm going to put it to the test. Is it mm. actually true? And if 20 babies reject it, I'm thinking, well, then it probably isn't true. And I'm going to make my food taste good. You don't have to add salt or sugar. But there are things you can add to make baby food taste good without adding them. Mm. So, so my food tastes good, so you can use it for dinner parties and for your baby. Our hot mess mums, telling it like it is, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. More from our chat with Annabelle coming up in a bit. But first, let me tell you about the Swan Egg Boiler and Poacher. Now, if breakfast time is as busy in your house as it is in mine, you'll be glad to hear about this brilliant product. It's an excellent addition to a family kitchen as you're able to boil up to seven eggs and poach up to three. So you can rustle up breakfast really quickly and easily. Oh, that sounds amazing. You simply place your eggs in the egg tray, choose from one of the three settings, soft, medium and hard, close the lid and wait for the buzzer to sound. It really is that easy. We're going to have more giveaways with Swan later on in the series. Just head to hotmessmumsclub.com and sign up to our newsletter so you don't miss out. Kelly Pegg, Jenny Powell, Hot Mess Mums. And what's the inspiration behind the latest book? You know, how do you go each yes. time when you decide mm. to do it and yeah. take it up a step or make it slightly different with Weaning Made Simple? I think it's really going back to basics. I think it's like the questions that mums ask are, you know, should I be giving purees and traditional weaning? Should I be going the baby-led weaning route? And I've always believed that, and a lot of health visitors and in nutritionists and are advising to combine the two, which is what I like to do. But of course, you can go baby-led weaning if you want to. But if you give purees and finger foods, I like to do that. And it's just like you know, what size do you cut them and how soft should they be? And like really like telling mums and helping mums to make their own decisions, but giving them these important facts so that they can be in charge of their child's nutrition and make sure that by the time they reach the age of one, they've had a really good start. Because between six months and 12 months, babies eat quite well. After that, they can become quite fussy. So the more different varieties you give them of foods, the more likely they're not going to be fussy. And also allergies. If you're introducing like, you know, peanut butter and eggs at around six months, provided your child doesn't have eczema or any other atopic disease like asthma and there's no massive history of allergy, you're much better off for introducing these foods than withholding them. And withholding them will do much more damage and potentially your child's more likely to have an allergy if you withhold them. And a lot of people don't understand that at the moment. And also, I mean, 
things have changed. So mm. if you ask your mum, she'll say, oh, you know, possibly, because in her day, we introduced food around four months. So you can give fruit and vegetables for two months, that'd be fine. But now you're introducing food at six months. From six months, the iron baby inherits from their mother starts to run out. So if you're introducing food at six months with your fruit and veg, after one week or two weeks, you've got to move on to meat, meat and chicken yeah. and lentils mm. or something vegetarian that has iron. It's really important because iron deficiency is the commonest deficiency in, in babies. So the, the change in, in the age at which you wean your baby will make a difference to how, how you start weaning. And you so it's not one size fits all. No, I, I think that's the mm. thing, isn't it? Every child is very different. Mm. Uh, Jenny and I were talking about our daughters who are quite fussy and oh, mine were, don't worry, mine were all fussy. And you mm. mentioned Nicholas was fussy, your son. And my two daughters, mm. both fussy. And I mean, thank goodness, because had they been good eaters, I wouldn't have written a book. No. Why would I? I wouldn't. See, I just thought, well, no, no point. Where do you stand on different, different meals at, at different meal times? So my daughter's six, and she's very awkward. So I yeah. love homemaking food. I do like doing like proper homemade meatballs, yes. um, lasagna. Things like that, yes. and she will not eat it. So I often oh. find that I'm doing a homemade dinner for uh, myself, my husband, and then my two-year-old. She'll eat anything. Yeah. You have to get the ready and she has to have a separate. Yeah. Or yeah. I'll try and make her, and she'll make me feel guilty. So halfway through the dinner, she's at nothing, and I get up through my meal and yeah. make her something else. Where do you stand on that? Because I think I'm doing yeah. it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no right or wrong. It's yeah. whatever fits with your child. You know, if you have to do hidden vegetables and, and you know blend them all into a yeah, sauce. I do that with you know whatever you need to do exactly no in our house but you know i put a little bit of apple into my meatballs my ch my child would not eat chicken and and then i did chicken thighs with like grated apple a little bit of like so for sweetness and, yeah just okay. it's, it doesn't taste really sweet but it just adds that flavor that babies like okay. it's the way you cook things my children until about the age of 20 didn't like eating cauliflower and then i made this vegetable of roasted cauliflower and once you roast it in the oven it caramelizes all the lovely flavors in the cauliflower and then i put a vinaigrette over it they loved it so i find ways to get children to eat things and that's the that's the skill that i have really is, is having had three very difficult fussy children i guess i know now how to get children to eat almost anything like i don't like beetroot but I do like my beetroot energy balls I made yesterday from the book. And I like my beetroot brownies. And I like my beetroot and raspberry and strawberry lollies. There's always a way to get someone to eat something. Do you do house consultations? I don't. Oh, what a shame. shame. I know. Do you travel up north? Even no, Lily, me, Annabelle. She's yeah. going to sort you but out. Do you know oh, what? I do. got a book. Actually, I do have an Instagram. No, I have an Instagram. Yeah. And if people ask me questions on Instagram, you will get me answering them. Oh, I will wow. answer them. And we're doing, like, we do a lot of Q&As. So, like, That's on Tuesday... Brilliant. We're doing a Q&A from my house where I've made food and anybody can ask me any questions, I will answer them live. And I do that a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's like a more of a mass audience. Well, I do yeah. it like, you know, once once a week, once every other week, I'll do a Q&A because so many people are having problems and sometimes there's a simple solution mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, let them miss a meal because then they'll be hungry. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when they're hungry, they're going to be less fussy and they might actually try something new. But we've just started nursery catering. It's a new business. Mm -hmm. So we're now supplying about 1,600 meals a day to nurseries. And I find that children are more likely to eat something new in a nursery than at home mm. because of the peer pressure. Because yes. the other and the other children are yeah. there eating. So we make chicken so tikka true. masala. Yeah. We make interesting food in nurseries yeah. because that is an opportunity to get children to try something different. Yeah. My son always, when I pick him up, he's eaten everything. He eats yeah. before any child sits but down when at you the get table. Home, yeah. But no when chance. I get home, if he yeah. yeah, and I think you little rat. <laughs> I know, but you know, I think you're you're right. Yes. Pick, they all sit down at the table. There's a thing, isn't yeah. it? Yes, it's a bit like a load of dogs going to a food bar. Yeah. You know, oh, the other they've got to eat it. It's funny with Pollyanna, who's a really fussy eater at 11. Uh, I have to say that my mum's cooked it. 
then oh, she'll right. eat it. Oh, really? Yeah, there are there are these tricks you can play. I think. But do you know what I love about you, Annabelle? Is the fact that you're you're still you're. Pa- I mean, I'm talking because I remember twenty years yes. ago with your books. But you have such a, a passion and an energy for for what you're what you're doing still. Um, and I can see that you know, forty six books down the line, if it, if that's right, um, that the enthusiasm and the passion you have has not changed one bit. And it- no, and I think you know because of the success that I've had, like almost every mother in this country that I meet has has used one of my books and cooked one of my meals, yeah. and we'll talk about their favorite meals in my book. And it's it's, amazing. Like, it's-, <laughs> it's amazing, and I like I never expected that to happen. So no. like. It's every time someone says, "Oh, I've got your book, and I love that recipe," it makes me feel really good, mm-hmm. and it still does. That's special yeah. though that you don't lose that when you've been doing something. You know, because you, you can love, easily. I, no, I don't yeah. take it for granted at all. I absolutely love it. You're the UK. I love what I Number do. one children's food book author, yes. which is a huge. And often when people yes. get to the top of something, yeah, it becomes just, less special. Mm-hmm. They become more desensitized to it. I actually but think, like I'm there. You know. I think in, for me, it's been the opposite. I think that I'm I'm very grateful that I've been able to have this platform with my books, be able to do other things. And I've gone into Australia. I've got mm. huge food ranges in Australia. I've been able to do, you know, food in supermarkets. And we have like a website, which is really important. I have number one food and drink app in this country. <laughs> that is That just shows you how much parents care about what they're going to feed their children. Yeah. And that's, that's it, because they yes. do care. And it's not a case of, look, you know, they can, they, they, it's something you relate to just getting stressed out about and thinking, you know, I give... But I think I think that, especially in this day and age, I think we're all far more aware of uh, and conscious of, of sort of healthy yeah. eating anyway. But I get yeah. very excited about food. I mean, no, like, I, I can think see. About food the whole time. Like, I, I think you beat like true brownies when your eyes lit up. I thought, I can see. She means it. <laughs> but I wrote, think, I want to try them. That's no, I do. Yeah. My mouth's watering. Really oh my God, There's a really okay. good banana banana bread. Oh, it's amazing in here with pumpkin seeds and sultanas. It's incredible. But like I like I think about like I know what I'm having for dinner. Like it's like this soup. I wrote a book called Real Food Kids Will Love, which is like a family cookbook. Because a lot of people think I only make food for babies, but Mm. actually I write family cookbooks. And it's the most incredible soup. It's like a Thai chicken soup. And I made it because I had this soup in a Vietnamese restaurant in the south of France and I just loved it. And I was trying to work out what was in it, and I made like four versions of it until I got it absolutely right. And it's got lemongrass in it and chicken and rice and it's wow. red peppers and a bit of broccoli and it's like it's a soup but it's actually a meal and I can't wait to go home and eat it like you are you can't just, my mouth is constantly watering I'm, I'm coming home that with you way. Annabelle yeah, but I you don't realise and then we're having <laughs> beetroot brownies for afters but you've got a clean palate with a child like they haven't tried anything they don't know about salt yeah, they don't know about sugar right. if you can train them to love good food that will last them a lifetime yeah. if you get it right at the beginning and that's what I want people to do is like just follow that book follow these recipes and your child will end up a good healthy eater for life really well before we go it's been fascinating it talking really to you and hearing all this um, and your yeah honestly and, it's, and, so and nice. I think just you know credit to you because uh, you know 20 years ago you really I had no idea I just wanted to make sure that you know my my baby had the best uh, start in yeah. life and you know the, the amount of people's lives who you affected is just incredible but, so I, when I set out to make a difference good and, for and you. It, will, it will live beyond me that's and a tribute to Natasha and, as well. Yeah, and to come from that, yes. I think that's right. Yeah. And I was talking about my know. daughter because my daughter works with me mm-hmm. and I hope that she'll carry on what I do and she works in my office and she'll one day, although I think there's more chance of my neutered dogs having children, but 
<laughs> one day we shall have a child. And would you, you know, love that? I could, we could, oh, I could. Would. We possibly could not even say the word Nana because I've got to say, you look incredible. So besides from the amazing yeah. food that you, you know, yeah. the fact that you're amazing with nutrition and very healthy, how do you look? the way you do I have no idea because I don't it's good food it's I don't know it's beet true brownies huge amounts of food I do moderate exercise but I sit at a desk a lot of the time I don't mm. put my face in the sun you mm. don't no ah, I used right. to but I don't anymore and I think that is probably the most aging thing okay and mm. that's that's the only that's, that's all literally and I use like boots Boots protective effect. Like mm. I don't use expensive creams or right. anything. Okay. Not wow. There you go. And you. Do I think look it's because I like and I love what I do. And yes, I, think that's okay. I was going to say you, you're, you're living. Yeah. You know, you're living your passion. I love what I do, and yeah. I think if anybody out there is listening to this and they don't love what they do, then they should take steps to change what they're yeah. doing. It doesn't mean they have to give up their job, but like part time, they could just be thinking start about, thinking about yeah. changing the path a bit and exactly. taking a few, a, a few unexpected sort yes. of turns. Because yes. it took me 17 years before I had any supermarket food and it was only because Marks and Spencer's rang me up and asked me to develop a range for them yeah. I wow. was so not proactive mm. and I didn't have the confidence to do it to be honest and I learnt on the job and then when I learnt and I worked with them for two years and then Boots for two years I thought you know what I think I can do this myself but you know it's hard and I think mothers especially when they've gone out of the workplace and they spent two or three years looking after their children they just wonder if they can go back and you know do these things but I was not an inventor I didn't do anything amazingly different I just did something slightly better than anyone had done before with a book on feeding children. And it touched a chord with other mothers. Well, I think because your passion is so genuine, like Jenny mm. was saying, I think that's probably been the big one of the big driving keys to your success. It is about doing see something that. you love. Yeah. Yes. And you're authentic. Yeah. I'm authentic. Yeah. I think authenticity it's all is about it's authentic. all about that. That's my word. Yeah. And Annabelle, today you win the authenticity <laughs> badge, without oh. a doubt. Well, oh, that's so kind. It's Weaning Made Simple out now. Yes, mm. came out yesterday. Amazing. And it's a bestseller already on Amazon. Oh, so exciting. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. we hope to have you on again. Thank you so yeah. much oh, for being our guest. It's a pleasure. Four hours. Good work. Yeah, yeah. to been, come back. Yes. Well, I'm leaving the book with you because it's good. Just thank yes, you. Not just for babies, but, but it's for good families. families. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. nice recipes in there. That'd be lovely. Thank you. The Hot Mess Mums. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. Thanks again to Swan for sponsoring this episode of the Hot Mess Mums Club. Go and check out their website right now. There's loads of amazing stuff on there from microwaves to fridge freezers to the excellent Swan egg boiler and poacher. They've got so much to offer you could have a house full of lovely swan products head over to swanbrand.co.uk and take a look at what they've got to offer 